Hello Earth, I'm Attila. Today I will talk about the Capitalism Without Capital book. And this was a book about uh, our new economy and that uh, we invest in things that we can't touch. So investing and assets in the 20th century were things that you could touch. And uh, investment meant building or building physical things. But now we have intangible assets. And these are assets that you cannot touch, like uh, R&D, brand building, uh, software development, and uh, staff training. And the central argument of the book was that uh, there is something fundamentally different about intangible investment, and that understanding the steady move to intangible investment helps us understand some of the key issues facing us today innovation and growth, inequality, the role of management, and financial and policy reform. Most measurement conventions ignore intangible assets, but uh, we shouldn't ignore it because a lot of the biggest companies in the world and in the US are uh, investing into intangible assets. And the basic economic properties of intangibles make an intangible rich economy which is, behaves differently from a tangible rich one. And there are four basic differences from the tangible rich economy. The first is that uh, intangible investments tend to represent a sunk cost. So that means if you have a business and you buy a machine, that asset will be shown on your balance sheet. And uh, if you go bankrupt, if you go bankrupt or you don't need that machine, then you can just sell that. But uh, if you, for example, um, advertise or uh, build a brand or uh, train your staff, you can't resell that asset and it doesn't show on the balance sheet. And uh, it has important consequences. You can't take out a loan to really invest in, into intangible assets because uh, banks like they like investments that have zero risk so for example they like um, giving mortgage because uh, if you go bankrupt then they can just seize the house and they can just sell it so it's like basically a zero risk for them but they if the company goes bankrupt they can't uh, resell the intangible assets that the company own because for example it's their brand image and their software, maybe the software they can. And the second characteristic is that the intangible assets generate spillover. And the spillover is the tendency for others to benefit, to benefit from what we are meant to be private investments. So for example, others can, uh, competitors can uh, copy a design idea. Let's take the example of Apple. They uh, created the iPhone and they cracked the code on how to create a successful uh, smartphone brand. And Google and uh, Samsung just copied this. And uh, as a result of that, they also had a successful smartphone brand. But uh, this copying is the, it's an inherent characteristic of assets that consist of knowledge because knowledge is non-rival so you can copy it and uh, 
we have rules to protect tangible assets. Uh, for example, you can buy a warehouse and you just can lock it away. And uh, if the rubbers like uh, rub you, then you can uh, get compensated by an insurer or like the police can uh, seize that uh, property that they robbed you from. But with intangible assets, sure, if you have an idea, you might patent it. But companies can often work around patents. And uh, we don't have experience with the protection of intangible assets because up to now we only worked with uh, physical assets. The third characteristic is that uh, intangible assets are also more likely to be scalable. So, for example, you only have to create a software product once. Microsoft just uh, wrote the whole, uh, whole uh, Windows operating system and uh, then they can distribute it for practically zero cost. And, uh, there is also economies of scale. So Amazon, if they have uh, more users, then they can ship for lower prices. And uh, it's an in interesting case when uh, the more users you have and the more the users use your product, it gets better over time. So for example, the Google search engine gets better because it collects all this data when, uh, when people are uh, collecting and people are searching on Google and they generate all this data. And the fourth characteristic is that uh, intangible F investments tend to have synergies with one another. So they are more valuable together, at least in the right combinations. So Apple has uh, many mm, arms. They create their own smartphones, they create their own chips, and they have their own customer experience uh, and their, their own customer help lines and their own stores. And this whole ecosystem, the customers really appreciate it. They can uh, use this for their benefit. For example, if you can, if you just have a, a great smartphone that you created, you can just sell it because then uh, where will the mechanics will be when uh, like that? Uh, so there needs to be this customer experience. So if that uh, smartphone doesn't work, then you can uh, have it fixed. And uh, synergies encourages openness. Because if uh, two companies create an agreement that they will share their uh, intellectual property with each other and uh, these intellectual properties can work better with each other and they give more value to the user than just both of them separately. And uh, synergies also create a way for firms to protect their intangible investments against the competition so they can build these whole ecosystems because a company like Xiaomi might uh, create a, a better smartphone than Apple but uh, the Apple customers also pay for the whole ecosystem and uh, it is very difficult for the for Xiaomi to build out the whole brand recognition the whole network of stores and uh, like this whole ecosystem so it's a really great way to Apple to protect its, its market share and their investment. And uh, 
It said that there are multiple reasons why intangible investments grow more important and will continue to be increasingly important in the future. So intangible investments depend much more on labor. So like tangible investments depended on resources much more. If you had enough gold or I don't know what, then you were, or enough paper, you were able to create more books. But uh, for example, design involves paying designers, software involves paying developers. So like having the right labor is very important. So if you have one good software engineer, that is worth more than a thousand bad ones. And um, many of these intangible things involve uh, software and uh, IT. And it's uh, easier, it's becoming easier to invest uh, in IT stuff because the technology continues to improve. And with uh, improved technology, it is always worth investing into IT because you will have a lower cost, it will be cheaper to operate, and uh, the users will have more benefit. And uh, we also produce more software and stuff than physical nowadays. And we have this global nature with um, commerce and uh, with trading. And uh, these intangible things are easily scalable. So the Windows operating system, it's easy to just uh, write, to translate the languages, and then you can ship it to Europe, China, America, so all over the place, so they are easily scalable. And uh, then it said that it would be very important to measure intangible investments because uh, then you can, if you measure them, you can take out loans and it's very important, for example, in the balance sheet of a company, it would be great to, for investors to see that how much intangible assets that the company have. And there are three kinds of uh, intangible assets category. First is computerized information, and this is the software and the database development. The second is innovative property, this is the R&D and product development. The third is economic competencies, training, market research and the branding. And uh, there are three st steps if you want to calculate how much a company spends on these uh, sectors is uh, how much they spend and uh, how much of that spending will create a long-lived asset. So how much of that spending is investment. The third is that adjust that investment for inflation and quality change. And, uh, it's difficult because you can't really see the efficiency of these investments, whether that uh, advertisement or the brand building was successful or not. But uh, companies can waste money on many unnecessary things. But because we live in a free market, other companies that uh, invest better and made better investment decisions, they will be able to undercut them on the long term. And uh, training isn't an asset of the company. It's an asset of the employee. So this is a bit of a problem, but uh, if you invest in your employee, they will more likely to stay with your company and you can also sign contracts or uh, agreements with them. 
so you can make it for them harder to quit. So you can protect your investment. Then it talked about our problems in the economy. It said that uh, investment from uh, companies stagnate. And uh, it said multiple reasons for this. The first is the they might not stagnate. We just don't see it because they don't uh, invest in tangible products. They invest in intangible products. And uh, that's because these assets aren't measured. The second reason might be that uh, because intangibles are scalable, tech companies can employ just a few people and uh, then scale their products. So they just only employ a few people compared to their thousands that were employed before them because algorithms can uh, make uh, do most of the jobs. The other reason why uh, investment uh, stagnates is that the spillovers, so like this scoping ideas, might discourage firms to invest because they are waiting for others to invest in, in, this, in this product and then they can steal their ideas. But then it said that like uh, this is not the case because Apple, for example, invests a ton in research and development and competitors of course, they can copy their ideas, but they don't have the whole ecosystem and they don't have the, all the synergies that uh, Apple can uh, get benefit of. And then it talks about inequality, like how inequality, inequality uh, how it is uh, affected by these intangible investments and assets. And it said that a few companies make a ton of money because tech is scalable. So they only need to employ a couple of people and then they can scale their products. And the investors and the, employee, and the employees of these companies like reap the benefit because they get shares, employees get shares and they they get a lot of salary by the poor people who like lives away from these city centers, centers where the where the big companies live. They don't uh, get the benefits, and uh, like then taxation would be the solution. Like uh, then uh, the government should be able to tax the higher income people so they can redistribute these wealth. But it said that uh, because these intangibles are global in nature, it uh, makes it difficult for the government to reduce inequality with taxation. So, like for Google, it doesn't it, it doesn't really matter whether they are in Singapore, in Tokyo, in London, or in uh, New York, or in uh, San Francisco, or in LA. They can uh, they can work together and like uh, so they. These cities compete with each other for the lowest taxation. And uh, then it also said that like these political problems, and uh, these are not my opinions, these are the opinions of the book. For example, the supporters of the of Trump and Brexit, they supporters of this movement because uh, they are more likely to hold traditional views 
and they have no openness to experience new things. So they don't get employed by the big tech companies, so they don't get the benefits. So they uh, support Trump and uh, Brexit, so they can also get the benefits. And um, it's also said that uh, there is a big inequality between the salaries of the Google, the CEO of Google and uh, the lowest engineer of Google. And why is there a big a big uh, difference between these two salaries? And it said that uh, it's easy to create a cult of talent in a company, in a tech company, especially because uh, humans have attribution error. So they make assumptions that outcomes are related to salient inputs rather than dumb luck or complex hard-to-observe factors. So the, like the, we have an outcome that the company is doing great, they are successful, the stock price is going up. And they think, we humans think that uh, like that's because we have a great CEO at the top of the company. And so let's give him a ton of money because he's doing his job well. But uh, like the company, like the CEO is might not be the perfect CEO. They uh, like the company just might be lucky. They are in the right time at the right uh, moment and the right time and the right place. So they are just lucky, uh, but we pay a lot of money to the CEO, nevertheless. And uh, then it talked about housing prices and how intangibles affect housing prices. Because of these few tech companies living in the few major cities, because of the synergies and the collaboration between these people. So because there are a lot of tech companies, they can copy uh, the ideas of each other and uh, they can collaborate with each other so like even more tech companies and even more people will move to the big cities because that's where the money is but uh, because the, there is a limited supply of housing and the big demand it uh, creates high prices and the uh, cities are still important this book was obviously written before the coronavirus but uh, they are still important because they help the collaboration of workers. But uh, it said that uh, technology is slowly replacing face-to-face -face communication. It will be. In I think it will be um, interesting to observe this uh, change from uh, from like the big tech centers like uh, Silicon Valley because of this online world they can. Uh, I communicate from Hungary or from the US or from Europe, so they don't have to be in these few major centers. And uh, it also said it said that soft infrastructure will be more important in the future. So it's will, it will also be important. So soft in infrastructure is the trust and like the place to collaborate. So. It's important for companies to have stability and trust in the system and in the rules that uh, the rules will protect them. Because if they make an investment, then they want to that investment to be protected. 
and the trust between the people and the relationship is also very important because you will collaborate with other people if you trust them. And um, then it said that like uh, how that governments should uh, take three steps to improve the intangible investments of companies. So they ha should have uh, clearer rules about the ownership of intangibles. So because if you have clear rules, clear protection rules, companies are willing to invest in intangible investments. And the second is uh, policymakers need to focus on knowledge infrastructure, it's like education, internet, communication technologies, and urban planning. So people have people are smart as and they can co collaborate on, on the internet and uh, in urban planning. So in the offline world as well and they should also build a financial system that makes it easier to invest in intangible items so companies should be able to finance loans and finance investment in intangible items and uh, take out loans on this so that's it uh, this book was very interesting we have a lot of stuff in like we just interact with stuff uh, in the online world that we don't see and we can't touch. So this change is very interesting and uh, I think we will have a lot more of these. Uh, we will live in a completely virtual world after a while. That's a gloomy picture. Maybe that's not the case, but uh, I think that's where we are headed. So. Thank you for watching, please subscribe to my YouTube channel or follow my podcast. I create videos every day from a book that I read every day and I share the things that I learned from that book. So if you want to learn about books, um, you can subscribe. I also have a Twitter account and you can also reach me in the YouTube comment section. You can recommend me some books or uh, we can discuss some of these topics if you have different opinions. So thank you for coming in. Bye-bye.